Hey, welcome to the Wealth Simple Magazine podcast. This is Devin Friedman. Okay, so a few months ago, we did this interview with a normal upper middle class couple. It was about their financial life. The interviewer was a guy named Andrew Goldman, who writes a lot for the magazine. He's a really great interviewer. He used to do the interview page for the New York Times Magazine. His specialty is kind of getting famous people to tell him stuff they probably shouldn't tell anyone, let alone someone who's carrying a tape recorder. But in this case, he wasn't interviewing anyone famous. He was interviewing a husband and wife who had three kids, a Toyota, and something many of us have, debt, a lot of debt. So Andrew gets them on the phone and starts recording. The story's pretty compelling, stressful, but compelling. We publish the interview online. Some people start reading it, then more people start reading it. And then it felt like suddenly everyone on the internet was reading it. And it becomes one of those full-on viral phenomena. Some people feel bad for the couple. More people seem to hate them. There's conjecture that maybe Andrew made up these people and journalists begin to look into that. But why? What is it about debt? What is it about this particular couple that really presses people's buttons? It's something we've been thinking about. And we decided to turn this piece into a podcast. Because the couple's anonymous and wants to stay that way, we found two voice actors to play them. Here's their story. Stay with us afterward, and Andrew and I are going to talk a little bit about what it was about these people that hit such a nerve. I'm Kate. I'm 46. I have a law degree. I don't practice law, though. When I got pregnant with our first, I took the highest paying job I could find that still allowed me to stay home and be close to my kids when they were growing up. So I work for an insurance company paying claims. I make about 70000 a year. Um, we live in the suburbs of a city in the northeast of the U.S. We have three kids, ages 11, 14, and 18. Yeah, and my name is Tom. Um, I have a graduate degree in advertising. I'm 48, and uh, I'm an insurance claims manager. I earn about $90,000 a year doing that, but uh, I also work a second job as a bartender a couple times a week, catering in private homes. I make between 100 and 250 a night doing that. We have an insurmountable amount of debt. I'm not even exactly sure how much it is anymore. We have 60000 in credit cards, 18000 in a loan, and then there's our mortgage and the second mortgage we took out, which is about $360,000 altogether. And that's not even counting our student loans. How much are those, Tom? Are you at home? Can you look it up? Yeah. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at home. But honestly, I have no idea how to even look it up. And the only time I ever go on that side is to ask them how to push back when we have to start paying it. I know it's irresponsible and um, horrible, but that's really, truly what I do. And uh, I don't know. I think it started at about $90,000, something like that. Now, with interest, the law school debt is at a hundred and something. It's either around a hundred and twenty thousand or one hundred and forty thousand somewhere in there. We've almost never paid my law school loans. Every year, we ask them to put us in a financial hardship status so we don't have to pay, but the interest keeps building. I think education loans probably started us on this path, but credit cards got us in trouble. It had all dates back twenty years. Tom and I were living together in Boston, where I was in college and he was in grad school. We started to get into a little bit of credit card debt at that point. We got married in 1997. Initially, we put my loans in forbearance, thinking that we would buy a house and then earn more money. But we just kept putting off the loan. 
I actually read something about how Betsy DeVos has been saying that she wants to collect all the student debt that is in forbearance. And I said to Tom, well, here we go. Yeah, so we bought our first house in uh, 1997 for $195,000. It was fine, but then we tried to go big on the house we live in now. We bought a house we probably couldn't afford. Our first house was perfectly fine, but I was pregnant with our third child, and we had three bedrooms in that house and wanted a fourth, and that house didn't have a garage or yard. So we built the house we're in now in um, 2007. It's a great house, but... I knew from the beginning it was a stretch. It was the freewheeling time, so they would do anything to get you into a house. They gave us a second mortgage that I'm paying right along with the original mortgage. We've refinanced the first mortgage a little bit, but we can never refinance it all together into one because it's way too much. So the cost of the house was uh, $360,000, and we have mortgages for just about $360,000. I hate even knowing how much we owe altogether. I think the only reason we know it is because we have two of our kids in private school, so um, we have to fill out the financial aid forms. We had every intention of sending them to public school, but, you know, we, we weren't satisfied with the schools. So We kept my youngest daughter, Elise, who was in sixth grade last year in public school. We thought, well, she's fine there. But last year, she got to a place where she wasn't learning. She was afraid to go to school, and she got punched at one point. So we were like, that's it. So now she's going into private school next year. We're going to have three at that school. What we probably should have done is moved. Yeah, the sticker price on the school is $32,000 a year. So it would be $96,000 a year if we paid full price. But we have a good deal. We'll pay uh, $15,000 for the three of them. But, of course, it's all going back on credit. There's a company that offers educational loans for private school. You don't actually have to even walk into a bank. You do it all online. So we have school loans on me and school loans on the kids now. I don't even know how many credit cards we have now. I mean, honestly, about 15. We make a lot more than either of our parents ever did, but we pay it all out in credit card debt constantly. It's like 10 or 11. Eight of them are maxed out. We're always broke. We shop at Goodwill. We have a garden so that we can have fresh vegetables instead of going out and having a decent meal somewhere. We don't have fancy things in our house at all. But we do spend a lot of money on food, like a huge amount. Organic and vegan, this and that. Insane amounts of fresh produce. (laughs) It would not kill our kids to eat a sleeve of ramen noodles every once in a while. Our kids are used to sushi. On a Friday night, we'll go to Whole Foods, and my son Luke will get a $15 thing of sushi and a smoothie. It's kind of crazy that we haven't reeled this in. And the only reason we have nice clothes is because we have, you know... Yeah, credit cards, right. Like, when my son went to prom, we didn't rent a tux because we didn't have the cash, but we bought a suit because we have a Nordstrom card. You can't believe how many credit card and loan solicitations we get in the mail. When they come, we research them and make sure it's not something really crazy. Obviously, they'd have to be slightly crazy to approach us with a loan. But then we ask them for it, and they give us money. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so I do all the bills. I I don't know how I ended up with it, but I'm pretty good at it. I mean, it sounds so wrong coming out of my mouth, but... I make it into a game, like, oh, uh, I'm going to get this money here so I can pay it here, and I know my mortgage has 30 days to pay. It's like a, uh, it's like a puzzle. I think this situation has probably contributed to my depression. Yeah, I, I don't 
let it get to me that way. But I was pretty upset about the 401k situation. I, um, I really think it was our demise. All right, so two years ago, I thought the answer to all our problems was cashing out my 401k. It, it came to be uh, around uh, $70,000, and I paid off three cards with it. Uh, and I also paid off the $12,000 loan I'd taken using the 401k as collateral. I thought, hey, this is, you know, great. We had money for a brief amount of time. Uh, so we had a, had a pretty good Christmas that year. I knew there would be tax penalties, but unfortunately, the penalties were more than I thought. We ended up owing $18,000 to the IRS and $2,000 to the state. Around that time, I got an unsolicited credit card offer in the mail with a $7,000 limit. It was impossible to make a payment plan with the state, so I paid $2,000 of it to the state, and the rest went to medical bills because I had surgery last year. So that card was full within, like, two months, and we cut it up. Look, I've learned to compartmentalize it. I'm better at it than Kate. I mean, it's always there in the back of my head, but I just try to not let myself go there. I fall asleep to podcasts at night because if I don't have the Adam Carolla show playing in my headphones while I fall asleep, I'll start thinking about money and worrying. Ten years ago or so, we went through consumer credit counseling, and they negotiated down our credit card debt to five years' worth of lower payments, and then it would be gone. But it turned into a really stressful situation. Because when we sent our payments, they weren't good at sending our payments off to the credit card companies. So we'd either be getting notices from the Consumer Credit Counseling Program saying they were kicking us out of the program, or the credit card companies would tell us they were no longer working with the Consumer Credit Counseling Program because the company didn't get our payment on time. So... I finally went to my parents, and they gave us $40,000 to just pay off the five years' worth of whatever was left. We still had school loans, but we erased $80,000 worth of credit card debt with that $40,000. Yeah, we were, uh, we were in a good place. But then we did it all over again. We're in exactly the same place now. That's what bothers me the most. And it's not even like my parents are rich. They're just really good with what they make. My mother was a secretary for her whole life and just went down to part-time. I mean, she shops at Goodwill. She buys things at the dollar store. So she gave me $20,000 of her savings after making maybe $30,000 a year for her whole life. And here we are, right back in the same situation. Mm. I feel really guilty. It's embarrassing. My parents have no idea that we're back in this situation. They would absolutely kill us. I anticipated what my life would look like, and it wasn't this. I pictured being like a (laughs) crunchy legal services lawyer kind of girl who lived very minimally. And now I live in the suburbs. And there are people who live around me who have seven cars and fly off to Italy for three weeks. God, it's weird. Look, we definitely don't belong here. I mean... We have an NBA ref on one side of us. On the other, there's a guy who built half the town. I don't think there's anyone like us here. I just want to get out of here. The guy next to us who has built our whole neighborhood has probably filed for bankruptcy 20 times. Yeah, but that's different. That's his business. He does it business-wise, not personal-wise. Tom won't consider bankruptcy, even though we see our neighbor in his 700,000 or whatever square-foot house in his Jaguars. I mean, why should he file for bankruptcy over and over and over, and you can't? 
Anybody in their right mind would tell us that's our only option. Yeah, I know. That's why I don't want to go to a financial advisor because I don't want to do it. Okay, but that's not how you can live your life. You know, you can't just ignore this. Oh, I can, and I have. Look, what if I needed to get another job, Kate? They ask about it in any application. Have you ever filed for bankruptcy? That's one of the questions. Frankly, what I imagine is one of us will die from stress and the life insurance will pay things off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do have good life insurance. We um, probably better off dead. <laughs> right. Oh, things have gotten really hard, but I don't think we can even afford to get a divorce. We certainly can't afford to live apart. I mean, it's cheaper for us to stay married. We don't have a divorce option. The only time I even actually considered a divorce, I thought, Tom is not going to let me file for bankruptcy and I can't live like this. So we may need to get a divorce so I can help myself. That's why I left the house before this phone call because I did not want to be at home with the kids and with him because I just didn't know if I could keep it together. The kids don't know anything about this stuff. Hey, listen, to be fair, we, we, we do try to save money where we can. I mean, we had a lease on a minivan that was costing us $405 a month that, that we just downsized to a $208 car. We always so. lease cars. Honestly, we can't afford repairs. If our car broke down, we wouldn't have the $3,000 to fix it. We need to have that high car payment because, frankly, we're not good enough with money to have savings. Yeah, to even put the dog down, for example. The dog's a whole other story. Yeah, so we got two rescue dogs, and everything was fine for a couple years. And then we had to put one down. We didn't have the money for it, so it ended up going on a cart. But I don't drive a new car. I, I have a 2012 Toyota Corolla. I leased it new. It had some minor damage on it, just a broken mirror. And I'm not sure what they would have charged for that. So instead, I just kept it after the lease. I mean, I pay a huge interest rate on it, but it... Um, I didn't know that, Tom. Uh, this is the kind of thing that poor people do. And I consider myself that. So tell me about, you know, we we press publish and what the response to the piece was and, you know, who responded to it. It was a very interesting situation because I, I interviewed these folks, I wrote it up and I published it. And I, I don't think that I had any expectation that I'd hear about it again. And then all of a sudden, you know, if if you are like I am a uh, freelance journalist, you kind of sort of hover on on twitter and see what people are talking about because you don't have any office mates yourself and all of a sudden it was just like one of these things where people were talking about this thing people were tweeting about it they were it became a a much clicked upon phenomenon and then other media started covering it to the point where uh you know slate did a piece on it and i believe that they did their best to i think that they initially went in to debunk the fact that these people actually existed and then found out that these things that they talked about in terms of their uh debt and in terms of the amount of credit that they were able to get checked out that these people were as they actually are real and they are i think any couple in their 40s that you would see in any upper middle class suburb in america and you think oh my gosh this is a very nice well-to-do family kids are in nice clothes they shop at whole foods and uh you know looking at the comments online 
I'm sure that they read the incredible hurtful things that people said about their lifestyle. Um, you know, we approached them at a certain point to do a follow up. And I got, I think, a three word response, because I think it was actually going viral in this way. Um, unfortunately, I don't think helped their situation much, at least psychologically. But was the response, go fuck yourself? The, the response from people online? No, you said it was a three-word response. Oh, the three-word response was, no, thank you. Right. Um, after I'd written a, a long plea to let's let's re-examine this, you know, I think Wellsimple had actually possibly talked to them about taking some, some steps to get a handle on their debt. Uh, I can imagine, I mean, having had, you know, fought with people online and had issues uh, with online backlashes myself i understand what it can be like to read terrible things about yourself online and i think they read some really terrible things which to me is a shame because i actually you know i can't i can't tell you how i found them but but i can tell you that i know that they're a they were telling the truth b they're very good people um so i felt badly about that why did this go viral why did it go viral well, um, I would imagine that for a lot of people on social media, uh, it was schadenfreude. I would imagine for a lot of other people on social media, like myself, it was a case of there by the grace of God go I. Yeah, I think I would say there are a couple elements to it. Um, I'll start with this. Are you familiar with the term hate read? Yes. I think that a hate read... Is something where people feel this this primal feeling of seeing an image of humanity and about specific humans that is just that people find despicable. I personally don't find this family despicable. I think that there were certain things that people responded to, the fact that they had government loans uh, and were um, probably defaulting on all their loans, yet they were buying their kids $13 sushis at, at Whole Foods on the weekends. And I think that this feeds into, and I, and I feel like especially Twitter is is a great kind of meeting of the proletariat where you can see reflected, you, you can see generally people love to hate people who are either rich or living as though they're rich. Um, people seem to get great joy out of out of experiencing it, of, of literally feeling this visceral hate as they read something about, you know, the Hamptons douchebags or the, or the, in this case, the debt couple. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Why do you think they're not despicable people? Why do I think that they're not despicable people? They, like all of us, are flawed in very specific ways. Their flaw happens to be about their um, about their state of denial and um, their insistence on on keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, um, one of the reasons I think they're not despicable is because this is simply an article. It's simply an interview with two people who are in pain, and pain is pain. And yes, yeah. they brought it on themselves, but that doesn't mean we all bring it on ourselves. And there and we're everyone's worthy of compassion. Well, that's the thing actually. I mean, that's the thing when you when you mention it, that is the thing that was so surprising about the hate read of of these people and and the really 
cavalier dismissal of these people as disgusting human beings was that I think that if you read this piece, you're certainly never going to be jealous of them. Um, and if anything, I think if you're a human being, you're going to feel some compassion for them because they're obviously going through hell. And, and regardless of, of, you know, what they're eating and where their kids are going to private school uh, and what their house looks like, this is no way to live. So, it you know, honestly, that response to the piece of just hating these people so much, I mean, I could see hating people, but I, could, I think that uh, don't we generally hate people that have no perspective on their situations? I think these people absolutely know their situations. These people realize that um, they are going to be in debt for the rest of their lives, that they must stay together as a couple because they can't afford to divorce, that, God forbid, one of their pets dies, they're going to have to max out another credit card. It's just a horrifying way to live. So it, it was surprising to me that there wasn't more compassion for these people. You know, I think that you should probably think about the next time you're you're having dinner with, you know— if, if you're lucky enough to go out to a restaurant with some of your upper middle class friends and look at them and just wonder if there is this horrible secret in their closet, which is this insurmountable hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars of debt that they're just doing a great job disguising. Thanks for listening to the Well Simple Magazine podcast. This is Devin Friedman. On next week's episode, the Winklevoss twins read the novels of Mary Higgins Clark. 